Hey there, friend. Got a minute? I know you're really excited about listening to today's episode, but I got a great feeling you're going to want to hear about my latest creation, especially if you're the smart, forward-thinking kind of woman that I know you are. And if you're actively looking for ways to improve in your own self-care and wellness, consider this a sign, synchronicity, or just serendipity playing full out to bring a little clarity and fun your way. Now, you know I love to talk about self-awareness on this show because to know yourself is to bring more joy and confidence your way. So that's why I'm so excited to share with you all the deets on my latest creation, the What's Your Divine Energy Mix quiz. The What's Your Divine Energy Mix quiz helps you to appreciate your unique mix of divine feminine and divine masculine energy so that you can unlock your muse method. And your Muse method is your ideal self-care and wellness pathway based on your preferences, your way of being, and your unique take on life. I've gotten so many positive reviews from quiz takers who have absolutely fallen in love with their results. They ask me things like, how did you know this about me? Which brings my heart so much joy. And I want you to fall in love with your results too. To find out what your ideal self-care and wellness pathway is, here's what you got to do. You got to go to www.heycarladiaz.com forward slash quiz to answer 11 questions. You can literally be done in five minutes or less. And once you're done taking the quiz, your results will be flying into your inbox. And trust me, you're going to love your guide. So what are you waiting for? Go take the quiz today and I'll see you on the other side of your results. Why is there a need to grow into resilience? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is life is hard. You know, life is going to throw punches at you. And are you going to absorb the blow? Are you going to let it knock you down? Are you going to like move out of the way? It's, it's how you deal with life. And so resilience is important because it kind of like tests your mettle. Because you have, there's things in life that you have no control over. But when you have resilience, you know that regardless of the things that you don't have control over, you know that you are going to overcome. So today we're going to continue the conversation. We're going to talk about eight more ways that you can grow in resilience. It is full of useful information. So I'm so happy that you're here and let's get started. Welcome to the Joyful Energetic Mama Podcast, the place where busy mamas tune in to take out the struggle from the daily work-life juggle. I'm your host, Carla Diaz. I'm a married mama of three who jumped off the hot mess express and turned in her people-pleasing ways to become your personal cheerleader and encourager of dreams. Every week, you can expect simple and actionable tips on how to improve your own health and wellness. Are you ready to shift your mindset to go from that grouchy lady that your friends put up with to the joyful mama everyone wants to keep up with? Then this is the podcast for you. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Joyful Energetic Mama podcast. I am your host, Carla Diaz, and I am so happy to spend this time with you. And today we are continuing the conversation on how to grow in resilience. So last week I started to explore how to grow in resilience. And like I said, today I'm continuing last week's conversation with 
eight juicy examples of how you can grow in resilience by doing things that are well worth your time and investment. So it's amazing to me how having high serving practices in place can enrich your life and mutually support each other. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I want you to encourage you to stop what you're doing and listen to that first and then circle around back to this one. It's just going to make more sense to you that way. Don't worry, I'll be waiting here for you when you're done listening to last week's episode. We have a lot to talk about, so we're going to jump right in to the first thing that I want to talk about. Resilient people tend to have a religious or a spiritual practice. So we've talked about spirituality on this show before, and if you feel that when you hear that word that there is a little bit of resistance inside of you, I just want you to just take a deep breath. I'm not here to tell you what your right or wrong should be, but I just want you to think about spirituality as all about your connection to something greater. Spirituality or being religious often means that you're believing in a higher being. And we know that when you have a religious practice or when you have a spiritual practice, that that practice can connect you to a community which in turn can offer you more support. So even if you're not the religious kind, appreciating your connection to a greater cause can help you to achieve a higher level of spirituality and resilience. It's essentially working on yourself, right? It's working on the understanding that you are part of something greater, that we're all connected to one source. And I don't know about you, but when I think about that and I really let that idea and that notion like to embody that feeling, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel hopeful. It makes me feel like I'm truly not alone in this world. And having that belief makes me more resilient. Number two, be that social butterfly more often. So Another great way to grow in resilience is to look for more ways to connect with other people. So yes, you could do it like in the previous example where looking for people who have the same spiritual thoughts and beliefs as you, but you can also grow your network, grow your interactions with other people by volunteering your time to a worthwhile cause. So this also means making it a priority to cultivate your friendships. And I know that this is something that I have to continuously work on because the kind of person that I am, I am right now, I'm like so into just kind of doing my own self-discovery and I, I can essentially be my own best friend because I, I have so many thoughts and ideas and things that I want to learn about that I can consume my whole entire time, my whole spare time, just delving into that. So I know that life is better when you have people to share it with. So cultivate your friendships and don't fool yourself into thinking that you don't have the time. You do have the time. And believe me, cultivating your friendships, finding people who get you will, it's like a blessing that returns to you like 10 times over. So please make growing your social support system a priority in your life. And I'm not implying that the only way you can become resilient is by having a lot of friends, but I am suggesting that giving yourself the opportunity to meet new people 
opens the door for you to make quality friendships and connections. You know, especially in hard times, having people to lean on can help you to overcome the challenges you face with more ease and support. Number three, become a lifelong learner. So staying curious and being a lifelong learner is a great way to build more resilience. In fact, I'm encouraging you to never stop learning. Challenging yourself on a regular basis to explore new ideas and ways of doing things is a great way to become a better problem solver. And by allowing yourself to be open to new information, you learn new ways of thinking. So this in turn allows for new opportunities to present themselves to you. And yes, you can most definitely teach an old dog new tricks, but you got to be open to it. So be a lifelong learner. Number four, tap into your physical fitness. Okay, so I know firsthand how difficult it is to get started with an exercise program. And after years of failing at keeping consistent, Once I found a method that worked for me, I was hooked. You don't have to commit to a specific exercise program to start feeling good. Honestly, all you have to do is start moving. Just move more to release those feel-good endorphins. You can tap into your resilience by simply challenging yourself to be a little more active every day. Your body craves movement. All that mentally stagnant energy that you have from doing too many things or just having a very lengthy to-do list or trying to juggle work and life and all your relationships, that bogs you down. So when you can get back into your body and move, you actually release that stagnant energy. People who are more active tend to be physically stronger, they feel less stressed, and they're more likely to get a good night's sleep. So if you're thinking exercise is still not for you, imagine the possibility of really feeling so much better in your own skin. That and having more energy and being more positive. Yep, exercise can do all that for you. So why not give it a try? Number five, be present and not distracted. This is a big one. So the pressure to attend all the notifications and alerts in our modern world can leave us feeling desensitized and distracted. I mean, let's face it, we live in a world where we pride ourselves on our ability to multitask. And while that may may seem like a good thing, attending our brain to more than one source of stimulation at a time actually causes our brain power to underperform. So now more than ever, we need to slow down and start being more present, start noticing really, really to the best of your ability, engage all your senses in whatever you're doing. I'm telling you, it's like a whole new world once you start doing that. Once you turn down the mental noise and you just turn up the experience, the moment that you're in, you're creating memories. You are creating such beautiful experiences that you are worth having and you rob yourself of those experiences when you can't turn down the mental noise. So if that means no electronic devices at the dinner table or less screen time, your brain will truly welcome the break and so will the soul. 
so you can build up your resilience levels by spending more time in nature. As kids, we naturally crave the opportunity to immerse ourselves in the beauty that is all around us. So as a tired and frazzled adult, surrounding yourself in nature can be a calming experience that helps boost our brain. A nature walk can help reset our taxed and overly stimulated nerves and selves. You'd be amazed at how little time it takes to feel grounded once we free ourselves from modern day devices that are constantly competing for our attention. In this way, growing in resilience is truly about spending time with ourselves and taking notice of what it feels like to be in your own body. Number six, practice gratitude. I want to tell you a little story. And you've probably heard this if you've heard, if you've been a fan of the show for a while. But back in 2017, I personally started practicing gratitude as a way to deal with the stress of being my mom's caregiver throughout her terminal illness. Now, this was a a blow for us. It kind of blindsided us um, when she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. But I did something very significant, and I continue to do this every day. First, at that time, it was out of need to just kind of grasp the reality and kind of have a different perspective. Today, I do it because it's one way that allows me to deal, allows me to appreciate all the beautiful things that I have, and that's practicing gratitude. So back in 2017, before I put my feet on the ground, I made it a point to reflect on three to five things that I was grateful for. So I'd wake up, I'd see the gorgeous sunlight coming through my window, and I would tell myself, Carla, what are you grateful for? And I'd make a mental list And what I would do in those moments is really try to embody the gratitude that I had. And it really made a difference. So while losing my mom was truly a devastating experience, the act of daily gratitude helped me to gain perspective and also cope with losing my mom. And like I said, it's something that I actively do to this day because it makes me feel good. Now, you don't have to wait until tragedy strikes to take up a gratitude journal. And my advice for you would be just to start today. Similarly, you don't need a special occasion to greet your dearest friends and family with extra fanfare. All you need is gratitude in your heart to see that despite the ups and downs, life is really not as bad as you may think it is. It really is all about perspective. You know, what you focus on is what becomes your reality. So I want you to think about that because the more things that you can identify that you're grateful for, for, and it could be like the small miracles in life. Like for me, every day that I wake up and the sun is still shining, I give thanks. I give thanks for another day. It's really the little things, the stuff that we take for granted. If you could start focusing on that, that's all you need. Everything else is just a bonus. Number seven, don't be a cave woman when it comes to your cognitive and emotional flexibility. Now, this one is funny because I know that we don't really think of ourselves as cave people, but if you've ever seen DreamWorks The Croods, and I know that movie is, I don't know how many years old by now, but it's still good because the the characters are great. And the one character that I think about is Grug. 
Uh, he's the perfect example of someone who is so stuck in his own ways, right? He's the patriarch. Um, he's the father of the, of the Krugs, the Crudes, sorry. He's the father of the Crudes. And he's so stuck in his ways that he struggles to allow himself to adapt, even when the world around him is changing and changing at a rapid rate. So Guy, on the other hand, right, which becomes the, the boyfriend of, his daughter, Eep, I think. I don't know. I don't remember these names. So anyway, Guy, on the other hand, is so cognitively and emotionally flexible, he naturally emerges as the leader in the group, much to Grug's chagrin. So being cognitively and emotionally flexible means being able to accept when you, sorry, to accept what you cannot change. It means seeing failure as an opportunity for growth. It asks of you to continuously wonder how a new situation can work for you rather than outrightly dismissing it at first glance. So while we're not completely out of the pandemic yet, the resilient mom in all of us, the resilient woman in all of us relies on giving herself grace during unsettling times. I can't tell you how many times I have just given myself grace through not just not just uh, since pandemic time, but you know, since I started embracing my own wellness journey, I've given myself grace for so many little things that used to like trip me up in the past that used to make me feel so small. But giving myself permission to just be me has really been a total game changer. And it's really helped me to be grounded in my own power. Number eight. Find your true purpose and calling in life. Now, I know this is a big one. I know that, you know, you've probably heard this and you probably have questions like, how in the world can I do this? I don't know. Is this, is this really my purpose? You know, all these questions, all this self-doubt starts sticking in our head. So I don't want you to feel bad if you haven't found your purpose in life yet. I want you to realize that years of doing what's been expected of you can have a way of, well, getting in the way of discovering your true life's calling. It's called being an adult, quite frankly. <laughs> so what's even more interesting is the fact that your purpose in life can change as you enter different stages in your life. So let's think of the empty nester who after years of doting on her kids, right? Now she finds herself with too much time on her hands. Or the new mom who longs for the autonomy she once knew before her kids kept her up at night or before all the diaper changes and all that fun stuff. Lucky for all of us, discovering your true life's purpose isn't really rocket science or anything hard like that. You simply have to go way back and start at the beginning. And what I mean by that is before adulting and being responsible sucked all the fun out of living. If you're on this path to try and discover who you are, what your purpose is, I want you to start by doing all the things that give you joy and delight. If you want a clue on how to do it, if you have an eight-year-old in the house, watch what they do. I can guarantee you that their motives for whatever they spend their free time on is one of pure joy and delight. I mean, just look at your kids. When your kids have free time, right? What do they like to do? So finding your purpose is as easy as following your heart and modeling more of that. 
cares what others think? Your purpose in life is all about expressing what you enjoy most to the world. So get back into your eight-year-old self, try and conjure up those memories, and just do more of what you love to do as an eight-year-old. Resilient people have a way of looking at the world that fills them up with hope. They choose happiness every day, even if their day doesn't turn out so great. They have a strong social circle, and they take the time to cultivate relationships with others. They're emotionally flexible, and they understand the importance of facing their fears to achieve personal growth. So as individuals, they're well-grounded, well-rounded, and can temper the toughest storms life throws at them. So now it's your turn. I'd love to know which one of these tips resonated with you the most. If you're listening to me on a platform that supports writing a review, please share your thoughts with me there. So I just want to throw it out there. Every review that I get helps other busy, progressive, and open-minded women like you find the show, which helps spread this message. If you, you can also shoot me a DM on Instagram. My account is at Diaz. I'd love to hear from you. Just tell me what the biggest takeaway was from this episode or from the entire Resilience series. And I'd love to have a conversation just to get to know you better. It's time for this episode's journal prompt of the week. And today's question is a good one. This one is really making me think. I'm going to just freestyle the answer, but today's journal prompt is, what is something you like that most people don't? Let me repeat that again. What is something you like that most people don't? Huh. This is assuming that I know what most people don't like. <laughs> First of all, so I want to give that disclaimer, but... All right, I, I have an answer. I feel like this is something that what's one of my strengths and also probably one of my challenges as well. But one thing that I like to do is I love to, let's see how I said love. I love to entertain, I can't talk today. I love to entertain the possibility of both sides of an argument. And I feel that in this day and age where things are so polarized, right? You're either one way or you're the other way. That that is truly a lost art. Your ability to see both sides of an argument with impartiality. And again, like I, you know, of course I will have one side that I favor more, but I don't negate the other side. And I'll tell you why I don't negate the other side. Because one of the things that I believe is that the truth is always somewhere in the middle of side A and side B. And I feel that, you know, people are going to have opinions. Yeah, everybody has a right to their own opinion. That's one of the great things about living in this country or, you know, living in a society where you are able to speak your truth. However, if we're going to come together, right, if we're going to grow together as a people and as a community, being able to see the other side of the argument and not necessarily agreeing with it 100%, but kind of seeing what the best is. Like there's, there's, there is truth and there's value in seeing the other perspective. And then that allows for our unity to begin, right? Because we need to find that middle road. We need to find that common ground. And if you're not able 
to see the opposing viewpoint or to at least acknowledge it and accept it doesn't mean that you have to approve of it. That's a whole different thing. But I feel that the better able that you are to entertain the other side of the argument and then see what you can learn from it, it just gives you a better perspective and it is a healthier way um, to grow as a society as opposed to just being so obstinate that your way is the right way and that anybody who thinks uh, unlike you is, you know, has to be cast out of society. And I know I'm getting really dramatic here, but that that is the whole point of it is that to be flexible. I think to be flexible is a strength because if we're so like hell bent on just keeping an ideal or a viewpoint with the exception that we're not hurting anyone, of course, um, where are you going to be? Like, how, how are you going to function? I mean, that's just going to lead to chaos in my mind. So that is something that I like to do that I feel most people don't, or at least that's how the media presents it. I don't know. Right. Um, so yeah, so now it's your turn. So that's the journal prompt for the week. I want, I challenge you to answer this. What is something you like that most people don't? I can't wait to hear your answer. So please go ahead and reach out to me. Again, you can always reach out to me by Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Let me know. Carla, you're off your mark. Carla, I agree with you. This is something that I like that most people don't because I want to learn from you. I want to hear your experience. I want to know what you're thinking because that helps me to be a better person. We've made it to the final segment. What am I loving right now? And I'm going to make this really quick because I know that we spend a lot of time talking on resilience. I and mean, we talked about eight different ways that you could build resilience into your life. And quite honestly, those eight ways, they're just good things to do just to live a more awesome life. But what I'm loving right now is a quote that I discovered a little while back by Nancy Reed that says, self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. Now, how true is that? Who wants to give the world what's left of them? I imagine someone who's bedraggled, who's who's just pretty much struggling to get out of bed in the morning, you know, and, and feeling maybe a little ill-tempered and just kind of nasty because you're just not managing your stress well or at all. So this really puts into perspective that self-care is giving the world the best of you. Because if you're not if you're not pouring into yourself, like what are you pouring out? You know, like you're just leaking out and that's that's no way to live your life. So Nancy Reed, I got to find out who you are, but I love what you just said and I'm going to promote it because that's what I believe. Self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. And that's it. We've made it to the end of another podcast episode. I thank you so much for joining me. It's been a lot of fun talking to you about resilience. So on that note, the joyful and energetic mama in me sees and honors the joyful and energetic mama in you. Until next time. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so that you're notified and never miss an episode. Of course, if you found today's topic super valuable, let me know by writing a review. And if you're not quite ready to do that, you can always share this episode with your friends. And just a final reminder, if you 
are interested in learning more about what your divine energy mix says about you and your perfect self-care ritual and wellness pathway, make sure to take my quiz at www.heycarladiaz.com forward slash quiz.